Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, just 24 hours before a night where, for the first time since 2009, WWE brings a major event to the Bell Centre in Montreal. Elimination Chamber emanates from Canada this Saturday. Hometown hero Sami Zayn looks to do the unthinkable and end Roman Reigns' historic run with the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. I can't remember the last time that wasn't uh, a big four pay-per-view felt this consequential. We're here to talk all about it. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster joined each and every week by co-host and pro rugby player Charlie Beckett who today is full of cold. Yes I'm a shadow of my usual self today I sound like I'm doing a sexy husky voice but I'm not there's nothing sexy about me today uh no no less than usual anyway no I am full of cold I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself but uh what better way to cheer myself up I've got a coffee I've got a lemp sip I'm ready to go and talk about wrestling. You're sort of at that stage where like a a baby face character has had something really serious happen and they're like, this isn't, this isn't Stardust talking. This is Charlie Beckett talking. This is (laughs) the man. The face paint is off. So I feel for you because you've you've got a cold at the absolute worst time because what a time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, I know. If this keeps me, if this keeps me from staying up on Saturday night, I'll be very disappointed. Well, we will break down the elimination chamber card for Saturday from Montreal, and just saying that has got me excited in a moment. But we have to start by taking you back to Monday Night Raw, the go home Raw ahead of Elimination Chamber, short turnaround from the Rumble to Chamber, but. Boy, oh boy, has WWE crammed a lot into that time. Cody Rhodes steals the show again with another top money segment, this time with Sami Zayn. I saw you talking about this on social media a lot this week. You are buzzing about this exchange, and rightfully so. Yeah, I just think it was so good and so clever. So two weeks in a row now, WWE um, have given us all-time promos on Raw. We will talk about these promos in years to come. I truly believe that the Heyman Cody and the Cody Sammy promos from these two weeks will be will be talked about for a long, long time. But what they've done so so cleverly is they haven't they haven't ignored the fact that it's weird we've got such a huge feud and then the Cody feud happening at the same time. We haven't ignored that. We've intertwined the stories very, very cleverly, and of course Cody's pulling for Sammy. Because he doesn't care who he faces at Mania. He just wants to win the title. Of course he's pulling for something because they're both faces. They're both good guys. And now suddenly that sort of friendship, that sort of allegiance makes us all want Cody to do well even more while still wanting Sammy to do well. So if they do decide to go for Cody versus Roman at Mania for whatever reason, the Sammy fans, while being upset that Sammy's in there, will still be wanting Cody to win because Cody was pulling for Sammy. It's so, so clever from that point of view. And then the actual um, meat of the sandwich of what this what this promo was, was just exquisite. The fact that Sammy hyping himself up, saying, of course he believes this, of course he believes that, because he has to if he doesn't, no one else will. It's just like perfect underdog, perfect babyface storytelling. But then when he says, do I actually think it? I don't know. Because he talks about he's been up close, he's seen it, he's seen how they plan, how they scheme, how they always have some sort of backup plan to fall back on. Oh, it was just so good. And then Cody screamed that you finish your story, I'll finish mine. Oh, I just I thought it was just for a company that has struggled with two faces together in the past, I thought it was just perfection of face and face promo. 
we have said many times on this podcast, how do you get to WrestleMania with the Bloodline story being what it is, Cody being who he is, and not make everything that went on with the Bloodline seem inconsequential or Cody seem inconsequential? And what they've done is they've gone, see that massive Cody-shaped elephant in the room? Let's acknowledge it. Let's weave it into the story. And Cody, I think, was in danger potentially have been in that John Cena position where he's a company guy, big guy, broad guy, charismatic, handsome, articulate. He could have been in John Cena Bluebirds territory, but the way he's carried himself means, you know, I, I want Sammy Roman or I want a triple threat, but the way Cody carried himself in this segment, if I don't get that, okay, I'm all right with it. That's so hard to do. Yeah, whatever option they go for, there are three options on the table. Um, well, there's technically four. They could go for Sammy Cody, but I don't think anyone realistically thinks they're doing that. So the three that we believe to be on the table, my, my least favourite is Cody Roman. I want Sammy involved somehow. But if you give me Cody Roman, that very much feels like a Mania main event. That is worthy. That will be excellent. And... The only way you could do that is if they very, very cleverly, and they're not beyond doing this, have Jey Uso screw Sammy to some... Because he's his one friend in the bloodline at the moment, is he, Jey Uso? Mm. Have him screw Sammy to such an extreme that Kev, Kevin Owens has to come and help, and you have the, them fight for the tag team titles. Now, I don't think that would be as good. I think fans would not enjoy that as much, but there would still be a huge, huge pop and a huge moment if the main event of night one was Sammy and KO taking the tag titles off the Usos, for example. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this because obviously it's in Canada and there's been some suggestions uh, that the record of the Usos getting themselves into a little bit of bother with the law previously uh, has meant they haven't been able to go to Canada. Uh, so I was just thinking, well, will we see them play out? You're, you're right. You've got a number of options, which we'll talk about in a tick. I watched Sami Zayn in this promo and last week, and there was one thing that came to mind for me, and it wasn't Daniel Bryan. It was Mick Foley. I I look at what... And it's not just the beard and the fact he can do comedy and he's a tough son of a gun. It was that passion. I felt Foley-esque chills. I just think Sami Zayn is at the absolute top of his game right now. And I just think it's lightning in a bottle. I I completely respect folks who say, let's do Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos on night one of WrestleMania. But that, to me, is a step down. I know it's main event in Mania. I know it's his best friend. I know their story. I completely respect that view. But how can he not be in the title picture for the big title? You know, it's, He's got to be there. I genuinely believe that the best situation to finish night two of WrestleMania with is Sami Zayn holding both the titles. I truly believe that is what, and that is what will get the best fan reaction. That will go down in history as the best thing and almost have Cody sat in the corner, like shaking his head, smiling, laughing at it because yeah. this, this wasn't how it was meant to happen, but it hasn't. How can you be anything but happy for this man? Jamie, how can anyone be anything but happy for Sammy winning this? And then I'd have Cody eventually be the man to take it off him. Maybe with KO turning on him, I don't know. So here's here's what I really don't like. I don't like defend each title on each night because some people have said that you, you do the universal title on night two with Cody, WWE title night one with Sammy. I, I, no, not for, you're shaking your head. Not for you no, either. Don't like, yeah, I, I, this story is, don't make it more convoluted. This is in a nice package at the moment. I would keep it where it is. 
However, for those who don't like the triple threat idea, I'm going to throw this out. Night one... So, so here's here's a way I can see this playing out. Okay, here's a way I can see this playing out. If I, if I was booking it, here's what I'd be minded to do: Sammy gets screwed at the chamber, and Cody, being an honourable man, says, "I will fight Roman Reigns on night one of WrestleMania, and I am so confident that I will beat Roman Reigns that Sammy, I will face you in my first title defense on night two." of WrestleMania and he puts the belts up for grabs there and we get to night one of WrestleMania and Cody goes in and Cody loses on night one and on night two Roman is contractually obliged to face Sami Zayn and on night two Sami Zayn beats Roman to take the titles off Roman Reigns and what you get is Cody I I cannot get the idea in my head uh, out of my head of of Cody Rhodes having the dream that becomes a nightmare because of Sami Zayn. And as important as what happens at Mania is what happens after with this storyline, right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't dislike that idea at all. Um, if you are going to split it two nights, I think that is a very clever way um, to do it. I, I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do. Like WWE keeps surprising us and in good ways, so I'm excited. You see, you can't get that out of your head. Tell you what I can't get out of my head. Go for it. I'm a very heterosexual man, but ooh, Cody in just his suit trousers all fired up with Baron Corbin. Hello, Mr. Rhodes. Brandy's a lucky woman. <laughs> he God, he looked, but he's all serious. How good does he look like? He looks like WrestleMania main event, doesn't he? He, he does. He he has absolutely done everything there. And, and look, you're the athlete on this show. We take it for granted that he looks in that kind of shape. He tore the peck off the bone pretty much just just a matter of months ago and you would never know you look at him now and you just go yeah of course he's in he's in that kind of shape and he's absolutely uh doing his bit i'm chuckling because charlie is just down sorry. down sorry. down a lens sip like stone cold and just just not a fan of that one it's absolutely disgusting it's really good stuff but it's absolutely disgusting i've got a coffee to set the taste away now yeah i've got to be honest uh, to digress and lemsip is a cracking product that many people swear by for balance but if ever i i got poorly once where i've had to drink it and i drank it all down i threw it straight back up i couldn't i couldn't deal with it so yeah. look we've sort of intimated this a little bit what we want to do at Mania. To do that, we have to get through the Elimination Chamber main event. I'm going to put you, Charlie, at the gorilla position backstage at the Bell Centre. Thousands and thousands and thousands of WWE fans in Canada are going crazy. How are you booking the end of the Chamber? What is the last thing we see as it goes off air? It's so exciting and tough, isn't it? Because, so just to, like, the context of it, I don't think... There's been excitement for, I'm about to say a massive statement here, for a non-Big Four pay-per-view, and by that I basically mean a Survivor Series less so, so a Mania, a Rumble, or a SummerSlam, there hasn't been this much hype or excitement or intrigue to how it will end since 2011, Money in the Bank. Oh, and Punk and Cena and the contract. Can you, th- being- can you think of something you've thought that much? Take out Clash of the Castle, because that was completely different, because it was a UK excitement. And we were there, so we're biased towards that. Mm. Can you think of a pay-per-view you've been this excited, intrigued, and almost nervous about how they're going to handle it since then? Do you know, I think it's the nerves. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. It's the nerves. Now, 
in terms of a rush watching a pay-per-view, the AEW show where Adam Cole and Brian yeah. Danielson both showed up felt like a game changer, but we didn't know going in. I can't. I cannot think of anything more exciting than that. And that was 2011. That was 12 years ago. That's such a good shout. That's such a good shout. I, 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 this has the potential, I genuinely believe, to go down as that sort of show that, that we will talk about for the next 12 years if they get it right, because there's just so much storyline built into it. It's lightning in the ball. So how, how would I end it? I would end it with Roman Reigns as champion. Um because I think Sammy needs his moment at Mania. I think if you have Sammy beat Rome and then Cody beat Sammy at Mania, it just doesn't have the prestige it deserves. Sammy, obviously, I'd have him have a visual three or 100% have some sort of way like he's definitely won. And then he just, he, he'd be screwed somehow. Now, I don't know how they'll, they'll do it better than I will, but I would have Jey Uso involved. And have Jey Uso come out and look like he's going to help Sammy because he's rebelling against Roman. And then have Jey Uso involved somehow. And then I would have another monumental beatdown uh, of um, Sammy after by the bloodline and probably have KO come out and save because another Canadian pop. Um, or just have them just decimate Sammy again. Again, two, two pay-per-views in a row finish with the bloodline just killing him. Yeah. Um, something like that. I don't think I'd have anyone save him. I think the heat you... I, I don't think you and I will have experienced a building atmosphere just through the magic of the TV screen like this, possibly since that money in the bank in Chicago. Possibly since that. I think this is going to be ECW One Night Stand 2005 territory. This is going to be Money in the Bank 2011 territory. This is going to be Clash at the Castle for UK fans territory. Montreal, Sami Zayn, hometown, with probably the first person with Roman Reigns in a year and a half where we've looked and gone, you know, maybe... Yeah. Maybe you might pull the trigger. Because even with Drew McIntyre, I don't think we were certain at Clash. But I can say, hand on heart, that everything important in my life on the outcome of this match, that Sammy no. won't beat Roman. Just, I'm just thinking of like moments they'll be in the night, like the noise when Sammy comes out. And then when they are announcing them, the booze that Roman Reigns is going to get. You won't. It will take five to ten minutes to get through announcing the names of Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns for the start of this match because they just will be going ballistic both ways. It's going to be, yeah, it's one of those where you'd sell your soul to go, wouldn't you? Hey, it would be an unbelievable atmosphere to be in there. When he comes out, that place is going to go mental. I'm sure we'll talk about it set, but also like 2011 um, Money in the Bank, this is an unbelievable card the whole way through. Yeah. Like, Money in the Bank 2011 is not a one-match show. You go back and watch that show. Everyone remembers Punk Cena. There is brilliant matches in there. The Money in the Bank match is brilliant. The title match is brilliant. It's a great show. There isn't a bad match on this show either. And we'll talk about those in a moment. But, Charlie, how good is wrestling? How, oh, it's the best. How many folks have you had? Because I've had this week five or six people who have who have disengaged from wrestling come back because of this and they're all saying the same thing i cannot wait for elimination chamber you must have had the same yeah people 
lads at wrestling have seen things about it, like ask about this rope. Sorry, lads, not at wrestling. Like, wait, what, 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 what do you like, do? What do you? Yeah, do? sorry, there's there's some news for you. Yeah, people are talking about it. it it's it's so good to have such a buzz around it. One thing before we move on for the main event. Mm. Imagine if it's not the main event. Imagine if I like, opened up with it. Um, well, do you know what? There are. If you're gonna, you'd be tempted. Oh, you can't. It has no, to be your main event. Imagine, imagine having to follow it. Um, <laughs> yeah. If there's the Sammy beatdown at the end, yeah, and Cody doesn't come out to say, which I wouldn't want him to. Mm. I don't want him to be involved. There's certainly story for Sammy getting angry and shouting at Cody and being like, "You give the biggin that you're not the biggin. That's such an English phrase. You give it the biggin. Um, you talk a good game that you're the good guy and you you hold up the moral high ground. But where were you? When I was getting absolutely sure, where were you? Why weren't you having getting really angry? There's oh, there's just so much story to tell. And you know what? And and I don't want to use this to bash AEW because we'll talk AEW a little later. But the comparison I was thinking this week is everyone says about AEW, Tony Khan's so invested in story. Story's the most important thing. This is story how I like it. I don't need to have watched every segment of WWE to get this. I don't need to know the backstory going back six years to the indies. I don't need to know any of that. They have told me this story week in, week out, but in a relatable way. It is the best story going. And I think any wrestling promotion, and I don't know who on WWE Creative is involved in this, but you have to think Paul Heyman has two hands on it. They deserve such plaudits because they have given us so much pleasure with this storyline and think of all the points it could have gone wrong like think of all the points during this build during this run that they could have made one false step and blown the whole thing up yeah it's been phenomenal phenomenal long-term storytelling Let's then get on to the rest of the Elimination Chamber card. We, we've had taken our break early because we just did the main event, which shows how it is a one-match show, and yet it isn't. Two Elimination Chamber matches on this card. Austin Theory defends a US title against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford for the US title inside the Chamber. I'm not a fan of two chamber matches on one show, and I like them being for the world title. That said, it's not that anymore, and this has been built, you know, okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind it not being for the world title. Uh, I, I, I like uh, I like a chamber match, and they're very clever. Uh, they're good when they're done well. They're really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the problem is you could have anything on this show, and it's overshadowed by the main event. Um, again, I think putting the US title in there just keeps building the prestige of the US title. Yeah. Um, Montez Ford's going to do a frog splash off the top on the chambers, isn't he? I, I, I will say this, and this is me as a fan being incredibly selfish, because everyone says that old chamber was horrendous. The one with the proper steel yeah, link yeah, yeah. and just terrible. I do miss it. I miss that one. It looked scarier, didn't it? Yeah, and I know they said it was an absolute demon to get into the building and it was too heavy and the wrestlers hated it and look, wrestler safety is what it is. But this second one, it, it doesn't quite compare to me. There's no chain. The chains look no. scary. Yeah. The chains look scary. Um, but no, I think that would be a really good match. Mm. I think I wouldn't have them go too long. I wouldn't have them be long chamber matches. Um, I think you're looking at Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, or Johnny Gargano winning that one. Yeah. How cold um, has Johnny Gargano got? Yeah, that's the thing. There's like you've got to heat him up, and I don't know if you've got time to before Mania. Mm. I think a really I would like from Johnny Gargano, I'd like him to start first. I'd like him to have a really good showing and then 
just 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 not quite do it at the end. I think that's the uh, that's the way I go with Johnny because that that's what you're building back up as as the scrappy underdog who who's just full of heart. That that's his story. And in the women's, um, I like them being used for who's going to face uh, Bianca. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's a clever way to use them always. Uh, I think it has to be Asuka or Raquel Rodriguez, but I'd go with Asuka. I'd go with Asuka. I think she is the obvious choice to have there. And Asuka versus Bianca Belair is the way I would go at WrestleMania. Um, Seth versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania clearly seems to be where we're going. You could make an argument if you want to make Logan Paul credible and you want to boost the US title even more, you whack the belt on him. Mm. And to get it on Seth, to get it on Logan at WrestleMania, not a bad idea. Yeah, it, it isn't at all. And for as good as Logan Paul's been, and he has been brilliant, he probably needs to win a match at some point, doesn't he? Yes. Like, yeah. He hasn't won, I think, since last Mania. So, Although, yeah, having, I, having said yes, sorry, just to cut across you, were you any less jazzed to see him in any of these situations because he hadn't won a match? No. No, no, but I think at some point it will start adding up that he hasn't won. Yeah. Uh, so I would have him win. And a win against Seth Rollins is massive, isn't it? Um, the only thing I'd say is they do such a good job with the US title, I don't want it to go on someone who's part-time. I get that, but I don't think you and I appreciate how big Logan Paul is. Yeah, maybe. I think this is the thing. You and I, we don't we don't operate in that world where he is like a god. Are you saying we're not down with the kids? I couldn't get down with the kids without creaking. That's the problem. It's just it's just not <laughs> and possible. I, I can't. I physically can't. <laughs> no. I have too many injuries. I just can't do it. But do you remember, I think we had this conversation around Crown Jewel when he was challenging Roman, and you were saying, if you want to make that title just as credible as credible can be to, to people who aren't fans, you whack it on Logan Paul. He takes it on every podcast, all his yeah. social media, and he's huge. And the US title, you could do that with it, and... I'd love to see Seth crash Logan Paul's podcast to get his title back. Almost have the idea that Logan Paul is too big for the belt. He doesn't need it, whereas it drives Seth. There's story there. That absolutely is. That absolutely is. And credit to Logan Paul. I don't particularly like Logan Paul. I don't think he's not my cup of tea. But when he's in that ring, he do, he does very well. He obviously puts the work in to do it. He doesn't. He obviously respects the industry. He doesn't take the mickey. He's not here just for a paycheck. He obviously respects you. You do. You watch him talk about. It, he clearly loves it. He's clearly been a fan for a long time, and he's clearly passionate about it. So, and maybe it would mean we see more of him. And then you know what? As much as I dislike him, seeing him on my TV screen on a Monday night, I don't mind because he's a good heel. I like. I like seeing him there. So, if it means we get more Logan Paul on telly doing what he's good at, then I'm happy with that. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. We're also getting Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley from the Judgment Day and Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Two matches that should be an awful lot of fun. I'd start with Brock and Bobby. Yeah? Just chuck them out there and go, here's 10 minutes, Montreal. Have fun. Get hot, stay hot. Here you go, Montreal. You're going to start at a million miles an hour and you're going to stay at a million miles an hour. I would go, yeah, Brock and Bobby, US title chamber, uh, Edge and Beth, yeah, because they'll go mental for them as well. Then the women's chamber, then that's it. Yeah, then the main event and the women's chamber gets the 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 rough the yeah. rough spot there. But I was about to put Rhea and 
In my head then, when I was putting it through, I thought Edge was fighting Beth and Rhea was fighting Finn. I forgot they were fighting each other. I thought they were two singles <laughs> matches. I, I tell you what, I would pay to see Rhea Ripley against Finn Balor. They would have a classic. That and be, Edge versus Beth Phoenix. That would be amazing. I think They'd be two that, great matches. They're just going to be fun. This is just going to be a really fun night of wrestling. Uh, Rhea Ripley uh, and Ex-Condom continue to shine. You see the, the Valentine's, Valentine's Day? Oh, God, they're just... I saw, was it Sean Ross up tweeted, I now look forward to holidays just to see how Dom and Rhea terrorise Rey Mysterio. Yeah, but just WWE. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the secret source is that they found back when. Maybe it's Triple H taking over creative. Maybe we're we're sleeping on Hunter and what he's done, mm. but they, they found just the seasoning with the Judgment Day to make it just must-see. Do you, do you think as well part of it with the Hunter stuff is like all this stuff has been done on social media and on YouTube. Genuinely, there's there a generational gap between Vince and Hunter and understanding what you can do on those platforms. As much as people tell Vince what you can do on those platforms, he is another 30 years older. There is a generational gap when it comes to technology. Is Hunter just a little bit more appreciative of what you can do through social media platforms? Not only appreciative of it, but perhaps aware because I'm sure yeah. Vince McMahon knows every aspect of his business, animal, mineral, vegetable. But if you are Vince McMahon, you've built it, right? Who, who are you to listen to someone else going, oh, Vince, you know, something's caught fire on, on Twitter or, you know, whoever. I, I think that's a really, really good point. Maybe it's because Dominic is big on tout. Do you remember when they tried to push tout across all their Yeah, platform? that was weird. <laughs> that was it strange. Think, it made me think of when this one of the US office fans, when Ryan in the US office created Woof. It was yeah. about as about as successful as that. <laughs> that would be great. We should get a Woof account. Um, it's it's going to be an amazing card. Rhea Ripley for all the comedy she's doing, and how how amazing is it that Rhea has not only managed to elevate herself, but she's dragged Dom in 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 the the Riptide with it, literally, and vice versa. She needs to start looking even stronger, and and they need to find a way to weave Charlotte into this story. Yeah, I think I'd have Rhea pin Beth this Saturday. Uh, I would then have them start to um, beat up Edge and Beth. Yeah. And then I would have Ray Mysterio make the save and build to Ray Dom. And then, yeah, you've got to get, you've got to heat Charlotte and Rhea up hard because was it two or three years ago we had them for the NXT title and it didn't deliver quite the way it should have that match. I remember being very excited for that and it was a fine match. It wasn't a bad match. It was fine. But Rhea Ripley and Charlotte should be better than fine. Yeah. And, that SmackDown women's title is cold. It is cold. Ronda did nothing with it. Charlotte hasn't... Have we seen Charlotte since? Not really. It's cold. It needs heating up fast. Speaking of the women's division, we were sort of saying last week, I wonder if we get uh, Becky and, and Lita and Trish doing something. And I didn't quite... I understand the story they were trying to tell on Raw. Becky's got no path to WrestleMania. I don't love those stories because she of course she's going to be on it and i'm surprised we didn't did i miss any follow-up with her and lita did i did i miss that i don't think so if you did i did as well yeah. so if anyone if anyone saw it and would like to tell us what we missed please do but i i think it was just kind of like a yep sound yeah that's that's the thing yeah thanks lita thank god you were there i wonder if that's going to tee up something this coming Saturday at Elimination Chamber because they're going to need time to get the chamber up and get the chamber down and it wouldn't surprise me if we got a segment like that and if you've got Trish Stratus and Lita backstage at Elimination yeah. Chamber which you could do you're going to you're going to get that Trish pop yeah massive those those two in Canada you're going to get a huge pop um 
Do you think the ring crew are like today, since Friday, are like, hi, hi, Paul, Paul Hunter. I know, I know there's the way you want the show to flow, but we're just going to pitch it one more time. Can we do the chambers back to back? Getting it up, getting it down, it's really hard work. Can we just do them back to back? Please, 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 because that's a right ball ache, isn't it? You that can't, can't be easy. You can't even imagine because, yeah, it is terrible. What have they done previously? I can't remember it. They've not done them back to back, have they? No, and they've never done the Hell in the Cells back. Like, it's just got to be a, like, I bet, also, by the way, it doesn't get talked about enough. The ring crew and the backstage staff of WWE are unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they're so, there's, there's never a problem, is there? It just runs seamlessly and it can't be easy. But God, it's got to be annoying. You got to think so. Just terrible to do. Uh, sorry to AEW fans, because because again, it's taken a back seat to WWE. I'm afraid. I when I wrote the show notes, I said it was a pretty forgettable dynamite. We had the return of Christian Cage. We got some more matches set up for AEW Revolution. I went back and had another watch, and I think. I was being harsh in some of my evaluation because I actually like the Jim Ross stuff with Wardlow and I like the sit down with Adam Cole and Rene Paquette. I always like a good sit down interview. But I will say, does it feel to you like for the first time since it came into existence, AEW is a little irrelevant? Not not good, not bad, not doing anything horrendous, but just not really in the conversation in the way it was. Yeah, it does. I think it's tough because... I don't think it would matter too much what AEW are doing. They're up against a generational storyline uh, in WWE at the moment. It's almost don't waste your good stuff while no one's watching. Do you know what I mean? Like people, people wrestling fans are excited by what's happening in WWE now. Doesn't mean they're not excited by what's happening in AEW, but you're going to look at the bloodline stuff first. So I don't know how much of that, I agree it is a little irrelevant. I don't know how much of that is AEW not delivering and how much of that is WWE just being exceptional at the moment. Yeah, it's it wasn't. It was just it's a you, the past few weeks we've been writing the show notes and going. Dynamite's had some had some good stuff. In fact, there've been some last week and the week before. I thought were really good shows. We said don't sleep on them, but this week I just wasn't that excited about it. And I I think you're right. I think generational talent. I think that's that's all absolutely true. And I think it is cyclical. This time two years back, we were raving about Punk and MJF, and WWE was just not the thing we were talking about. I do think there are issues with the way some of the talent's getting used in AEW, though. If, if you're a fan of the Bucks and the Elite, what, what are they doing, Charlie? These are some of the biggest stars in the world, and what are they doing? Yeah, there's a lot of excellent talent that you don't see week to week or you don't really know the significant storyline they're in, and that, that confuses me. Like that, that, that does confuse me. You've got some of the big, biggest stars in the world, have them doing consequential things, and they aren't, and that, that, that is odd. Yeah, it's just... It, uh, just those three guys, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, they are EVPs. They founded the company. And yep, there was Brawl Out, whatever. They've come back. They've got the trios title. And they're playing basketball backstage. I mean, you'd never catch the bloodline in that. I don't know. It just it just frustrates me. I find it very odd. However, we did see the return of Christian Cage, which is nice to see him back. And we know we're getting John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page in a Texas death match at Revolution. Sunday, March the 5th, for those keeping track going to be violent going to be some sore bodies on monday march the 6th yeah it's going to uh, be that's going to be brutal isn't it yeah that'll be a bloody bloody death match it's john moxley is is he loves to bleed i know you love a bit of blood you're quite specific with what you like and you don't mm. like but he loves to bleed at the moment it's like he's going i'm going to i've spent all these years in wwe i'm going to do as much non wwe stuff as possible as quickly as possible yeah it's 
I'm, I'm still longing for punk. I, maybe this is why I'm off with it. I, ju- I just, I, I have unrequited CM Punk love. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's obviously such a difficult character backstage, but the most interesting thing AEW can do to get viewers back on their screens is bring punk back. Yeah, it is. It, and I think that's showing in the ratings and ratings aren't everything and, and take them with a pinch of salt, but it just feels a little inconsequential. We did find out this week that Ring of Honor is going to start weekly shows next month. They'll be airing on Ring of Honor's streaming service, Honor Club. They'll be taping episodes this month. I don't know if you know this, Charlie, but there are places on the internet you can sometimes watch wrestling without going to official streaming services. Mystery nope. to you and I both. Nope. Yeah, nope. Will you watch Ring of Honor television when it starts making its way to our screens, however it gets there? Uh, I'd love to, Jack. I really, really would, but I just don't have time for more. I struggle to get all WWE and AEW as it is. There's just so much. So I would love to, but unless there is something that you or one of our listeners is like, Charlie, you have to watch this. It's amazing. I, I probably won't. Yeah. I'm sort of the same as well. And and here's something I am intrigued by and, and separate the story from the personal. And it made me think of it when we saw Mark Briscoe come out on uh, AW Dynamite, still billed as one half of the Ring of Honor yeah, tag team champions. Yeah, don't, don't, because that almost, that almost made me cry. Me as well. Me, yeah. me as well. I just... I've never, I've never known a situation like it. Yeah. I, I, I won't say it's unprecedented in wrestling, but I can't think of another time like it. And I was just thinking, God, what do you do there? It yeah. doesn't matter compared to the family tragedy. Of course it doesn't. But what on earth do you do? How, how, how do you deal with that situation? No idea. No idea. But I tell you, I am liking how, how much of Mark Briscoe we're seeing. I, I haven't seen much of his, his promo style is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah. One of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And how he's just such a strong individual, isn't he? How is he getting up and going to work and doing storyline and wrestling day in, day out? It, it's incredible. And Jeff Jarrett, we should throw in as well, who lost his father, Jerry Jarrett. Yes. And then yeah. by Jeff's own, you know, he wasn't forced to, he wanted to. <clears throat> it's what he does. But if I lost my dad, I wouldn't be presenting shows at, um, no. at, at, at the usual place. And I'm not sure you'd be playing if you went through a family tragedy like that. So the respect for Jeff Jarrett and for Mark Briscoe and anyone who's been in that situation is unreal. Mm-hmm. Hugely, mate. Hugely. Let's pick things back up and just have a word for crowds, Charlie, because I think that the third person in every match in Montreal is going to be that crowd in the Bell Centre. How much can they make or break not only a wrestling show, but you're a professional athlete. When you're doing your thing on the pitch, how influential are crowds? Hugely. They have a huge, huge part to play. And maybe less so less so in the result, I, I feel. But like, they can be a massive help. But it's more the, when there's a big crowd and they're noisy and there's that like cauldron of noise, it, it's just more exciting to play. And you get a better game because it's exciting wrestling is completely different the crowd can affect what happens hugely because take wrestlemania 18 for example the crowd changed who was face and who was healing that main event hulk and rock not main event sorry the sort of second main but event. it was a main event it was yeah hulk and rock swapped during the match like the crowd can be huge and they can make or break an event now bad crowds in wrestling are the worst things in the world they can ruin matches we ain't gonna have a bad crowd this weekend we are gonna have a crowd going berserk and when Roman screws Sammy which I genuinely believe he will there will be all time heat there will be 
Cena at one night stand sort of heat. That's all my favorite moments ever when Cena's shirt kept getting thrown back to him. I think we're going to be in that sort of level. I think we're going to be in Montreal screw job levels of heat. I think we're, we're not going to have experienced anything like it probably since Money in the Bank, as you say. And what I love is it's not because the crowd's going to hijack the show. It's not going to be because of that. It's because they are genuinely invested. Good guy, bad guy, title on the line. He's our fellow we want to win. He's the one we want to see lose. Wrestling is so simple. That formula has worked since day dot. And here we are in 2023. Social media, this, high spots, that. And what are we all talking about? Story. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just brilliant. So let's wrap up with everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Uh, Something's earning the push. Something goes back to developmental from everyday life. What are you going for, Charlie? First or second? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Earning the push is, so there's a popular brand of protein bars called Grenade, and they have brought out a new flavor. It's an Oreo flavor, and it's just one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. I don't understand how it's healthy. It's like eating an Oreo brownie, and it's healthy. I don't get it. How many have you gone through? Oh, no, I limit myself to, I, I have them. I have them when I travel to training. I take one with me. So here's the other thing idiot over here kept buying them from the services i then realized they're three pound 20 at the services i realized i could order them online and they average out like a pound a bar so i finally ordered them online i'm like after three years of traveling you were like a junkie um, going to the garage like i'll, I'll have some more oreo yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have another one um the oreo gray bars yeah they're unbelievable uh, yeah. i had to like check three times that like they're not lying to me about what's in them, but they're very, very tasty and really nice. Yeah, so I limit myself to one when I travel, but I could easily sit and have like four with a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. And then, then they're not healthy. If you have four at once, they stop being healthy because yeah. four of ending really isn't particularly great. I also, I also, and this is probably a deeper conversation. You are a professional <clears throat> athlete. You need the protein. Me, who's my job is sitting and talking for a job, probably doesn't need as good as they are Oreo grenade protein bars. Maybe not, but you'd have one to go, that was good. Could you imagine if I um, just binged and came back Hench next week. Yeah, next week, if you were just there, like, <laughs> filling the screen, I'm like, Jesus, Jack, you're on the Oreo grenades. Um, so, yeah, that's earned the push. Back to developmental. Um, I had a weird moment this week where I had an hour free. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I looked at my emails. And unlike you, I read my emails, or I go through them. And I had, like, 37 emails. I was like, why have I got 37 emails? Because none of them are from people I actually need to hear from. Yeah. So, for an hour, I went through starting to unsubscribe from mailing lists. It is the most difficult thing to do in the world. They do not make it easy. Oh, my God. These companies make it impossible to unsubscribe from mailing lists. I'm just going to see how many unread emails I have. This is going to upset me. 5,027 unread. So the inbox has way more than that, but 5,000. You are are a cretin of a human being. (laughs) Um, There we go. There it is. Um, So, yes, just how hard and how difficult these companies make it to unsubscribe. Also, I don't remember subscribing. I didn't realise I did it. I didn't mean to subscribe to the body shop. Why are you emailing me four times a day? Well, you you probably have a degree. I was going to say, probably not the body shop, but sometimes they'll just take a punt at your email address and think, oh, he's in rugby. Do you know be the Oreo grenade people next? They'll hear this and they'll be just sending you offer out. And I'll just buy loads. I'll just buy them all. Well, Uh, I I agree with that. That's my bad development. Like, I don't want to hear from you. Make it easier. I've gone to the effort to decide I don't want to hear from you. Just let me hit an unsubscribe button. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm with you on that. Uh, my back to developmental. Uh, this is incredibly prosaic. Having to take rubbish out when it's raining. Oh, yeah. That's just the worst. And you always... Oh, and it's it's There are some jobs in life in 
in um, heterosexual relationships that are men's jobs. Yeah. And somehow taking the bin out is the man's job and it's rubbish, yeah. literally. It, it, it is literally. And also there's always a point in the day where you go, where it's you could do it and you don't. And it just gets worse. The moment yeah. to take the bins out is the moment you first go, oh, I should take the bins out. Don't ever yeah. put it off. That's the worst time to do it. So that's going back to developmental. Earning the push for me, this is something, although you and I are in many ways very different people, I guarantee you will have done this. And I guarantee if I went into your internet search history, I would find this. All right, I'm worried now, Jack. There will be a video called something like Top 10 Emotional Football Moments. Something oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I have gone, as we all probably have done from time to time, on a little bit of a binge of top 10 emotional football moments, and I forget how much I love those videos. Yeah, yeah, a YouTube black hole down something like that is brilliant. It's it's how I discovered, um, back in the day, uh, I first discovered what culture, and then subsequently cultaholic YouTube channels and stuff, watching top 10 wrestling moments. And I was like, oh, I've watched, these boys have been on three or four times and you subscribe to the channel. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, but, brilliant. But not just those, the ones who, who they perform a public service for us all. And I don't know who you are, but the ones who will take Aguero's winner against QPR, the Istanbul comeback, United against Bayern at Barcelona, uh, Troy Deeney's goal for Watford, and they will mix it all into one video. And they are the unsung heroes. None of us know who they are. They're like no. the Batman of the internet world. Yeah, it's like goal scorer 876 exclamation mark. Yeah. Thank you, goal scorer. Well done. Because there are some days you just need to log on and just see some amazing last minute sporting action. So whoever's doing that, uh, they are earning the push. Uh, look, we have to end in one place only with our wrestling related question to finish off on. Uh, Charlie, whatever happens coming out of Elimination Chamber, we will be happy. Is there any outcome from Montreal that you would just think, They've blown it here. Is there any one thing when we meet next Friday, we could be talking about going, I can't believe they've screwed this up by doing dot, dot, dot. I don't think on Saturday they can. I think if they, if on Monday it looks like they are, Sammy's lost and that that's Sammy done. That's Sammy boxed off. That would be an issue. Now, even if they make it look like that, I don't think that's what it would be. But that's, if Sammy loses, which I think he will, and on Monday, we just do a build to Cody Roman and we're going like a stereotypical WrestleMania build and there's no mention of Sammy. That will start to get people worried, I think. I'm going to say that... This isn't answering the question. I've just, I, I can just see... Imagine if Sammy pins Roman and Roman gets his foot on the rope and the ref doesn't see it, and we get the bell rings, three count, big celebration, and then they overturn it, and Roman wins with a spear after they restart the match. That wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. All right, well, look, we shall see. Whatever happens, it's an amazing time to be a wrestling fan. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get these podcasts from. Uh, Get involved with the show. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. It is going to be a gift of a show. We'll talk all about it next week on Earning the Push, but until then... Bye-bye.